You're listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about the current events from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. All right, welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Wade Lentz, pastor of Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas. And I'm Harold Smith, pastor of Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren, Arkansas. Wade, did you survive the debate last night? Are you still intact? That was crazy. You know, we were supposed to watch a debate. And that was nothing like a debate that I, I had ever seen. It was more like a bad Baptist church business meeting. <laughs> <laughs> there was, you know, no debating. It was all arguing. And I was really disappointed in the whole thing. And, you know, the thing is about debates, they are really for the undecided voter. That's really who they are for. Those voters who are already um, decided, you know, it may embolden them in their support for their candidate, but it's really for those who have not yet made up their mind. And I think really both candidates did not do very well in obtaining those votes from the undecided. And, you know, the way I perceived the debate to go was going to be like a Mike Tyson knockout by Trump. And that was not the case whatsoever. And um, I was very disappointed in the way Trump presented himself. Each candidate got two minutes apiece to speak. And Trump was constantly, you know, getting in on Biden's time and uh, butting in. And it turned me off. It really upset me. And I am a Trump supporter. And so you can just imagine how the undecided voter was and how that turned them off. Yeah. Another thing, though, I think you have to see with Biden, Biden didn't have a lot of specifics about his plan. He had a lot of numbers of things to criticize Trump. And I thought Biden did a, you know, if I was a Democrat, I'd I'd be shouting amen. You know, he did a lot of criticism of Trump. But when he was criticized, he really didn't have a clear answer as to what he would do. And so uh, let me give you an example. You know, when Trump said, let's open the country up and Biden said, uh, no, we're going to keep it closed, but we're going to give business owners the tools to open safely. And I mean, what are those tools? You know, he's going to give them money. You know, we're going to save the climate with by paying other countries not to cut down the rainforest. I mean, that sounds great. That's like high school kids, you know, coming up with a plan to save the world. It's just not feasible. And a lot of Biden's, you know, responses just weren't feasible responses. And I just thought Trump didn't, he was pushy when he didn't need to be pushy, and he wasn't pushy when he should have been pushy. Right. And at the same time, I was, I I looked at some of my more liberal friends on social media last night just to get their reaction because I thought, boy, they're going to be just, you know, celebrating Biden over this. And 
I didn't see anybody doing that. I, of course, I don't, didn't watch the network news. We watched the, the coverage on Facebook, so we didn't get all the commentary, you know, from ABC or NBC or none of that. But what we did was I, I just gauged from social media and, and the more liberal-leaning, left-leaning friends that I had, and they all said Biden didn't look prepared. Biden didn't look like he was engaged. He looked like he had talking points, and he just – he regurgitated them, and then he just denied anything he didn't have an answer for. He just said it's not true. And I thought that was kind of telling for me because I'm looking at my Trump-supporting friends, and, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm voting for Trump. But when I looked at them, they weren't overly impressed with Trump. But when I looked at my more liberal colleagues, they weren't real impressed with Biden either. So I don't know what you take away from that. Right. I, I kind of take that as maybe it was a draw. There is no clear winner, and uh, so that's that's good. And for Trump's uh, benefit, there are two more debates, but he better do a much better job. And if if I was his advisor, if I was his debate advisor, I would tell him to do a few things. Uh, number one, I would tell him to keep your mouth shut when it's not your turn to speak. Keep your mouth shut when it's not your turn to speak. And I'd also tell him, only speak when you need to, not when you want to. Listen, there is a big difference between the two. And then I'd also remind him that, Mr. President, you are the president, you say, of law and order. And so that means you must be a rule follower, not a rule breaker. You agreed to the debate rules before you ever stepped foot on stage. And then you went up there and you just broke them. And uh, that's that's not good. And, uh, and so I, I hope that he listens to his advisors on this issue because I know that it turned a lot of people off. And uh, so... Let, let me say something about the way this debate is structured. You have the two minutes uninterrupted. The other side gets two minutes interrupted. Then you have the remainder of the 15 minutes, which I guess would equate to, you know, math right, 11 minutes of what they call dialogue. And this is where I really thought Trump was getting cheated a lot in that he would say something and then the moderator would look and say, okay, Biden, you can respond. Biden would say something, and then it never, it, it seemed like there were times when Trump said, hey, am I not entitled to respond to what he said? And the moderator wouldn't let him. And I, I think that's what kept getting Trump. He didn't so much interrupt during the two minutes that he was told to. Usually they would say he's got two minutes, even Biden a couple of times, you know, Mr. Vice President, he has two minutes interrupted. They'd have to be reminded. But most of the bickering between the moderator and Trump was during that dialogue time. And I really felt like there was a kind of a bias in that Biden was allowed to make claims and Trump wasn't allowed to respond. And then there would be times where Trump would say, let me respond to that. And the moderator would say, no, I want to ask a different question. Mm-hmm. Well, if this is in the dialogue time, what gives the moderator the right to just say, we're going to stop and answer a different question? That's for the two-minute equal response. I, I think that kind of that didn't play well into Trump's plan, having somebody moderate the dialogue. I mean, there needs to be a moderator. Hey, okay, we've talked about it enough. But I kind of felt, I got the feeling, and I heard this from a number of other people, that they felt like 
Trump was having to debate the moderator as much as he was having to debate Biden at times. I mean, I, I remember the moderator a couple times even telling Trump something he said wasn't true, but I never remembered him telling Biden something he said wasn't true, and he mm-hmm. clearly said some things that weren't true. What do you think about that? I agree 100% that Wallace uh, was biased. Uh, and everybody knew that he was going into this debate. And I'm sure Trump felt from the very start that he was, uh, you know, going to be ganged up on uh, not not only by Biden, but by the moderator. And so that made Trump more in, in defensive mode and so forth. But uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, there was clear bias toward Biden by the moderator. Nevertheless, Trump should have overcome that with just let him do what he's going to do. Don't be a bully. Um, I I thought also the way Trump brought up Hunter Biden's drug addiction was a low blow. And um, he shouldn't have brought that up. That was uncalled for. And Biden really caught that. And he looked into the camera and said, you know what? You, a lot of your parents have gone through what I've gone through. And uh, thankfully, my son has overcome that addiction. And, and I think Trump really hit a below-the-belt move there that uh, hurt him, I think. Yeah. And, and that was in direct response to Biden touting his son as an Iraq War veteran. Mm-hmm. And so when you tout your son as an Iraq War veteran, but he was dishonorably discharged for drug use, it's kind of hard to talk about this guy honorably serving his country when he's dishonorably discharged from the military. Mm -hmm. And I really think Trump was also, I think he was spot on when he was bringing up the payments that Hunter Biden was receiving from the very countries that he was being accused of colluding with or strong arming with. Every time he would lay those out, that's when you would see Mr. Wallace as the moderator. Let's ask him a different question. And, And I would why didn't Wallace say, okay, Mr. Biden, why don't you answer those charges where you were caught on tape saying you were going to withhold money from the Ukraine if they didn't give your son a job or get rid of a prosecutor who was investigating? I mean, it almost seemed to me like anytime Trump had his foot on the neck of Biden, Mike Wallace as moderator would move it off with the three and a half million dollar payment from the wife of the mayor of of a Russian city. I mean, that's a fact. Biden just simply said that's untrue. And he said it like 10 times. That's untrue. That's untrue. But it's not untrue. And it seemed to me like, I I don't know, I just, and I knew there's bias. There's always going to be bias. And you've got to remember when Trump debated Hillary Clinton, the people who were responsible for the debate gave her the questions in advance. I mean, that kind of cheating took place four years ago. How can we, with any reasonable degree of certainty, say that kind of cheating ain't taking place four years later? Because the Democrats have really shown their hand in their hatred of uh, President Trump, and they're willing to go to any length to remove him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. let me let me ask a question, and I'll answer it first. And we've kind of been talking about it. It's the biggest flop for, for each person. You know, you said that president was hitting below the belt by criticizing the drug use of Hunter Biden. I agree. That probably was Trump's biggest flop. What do you think the biggest flop was for Joe Biden? And 
Me personally, I think it was his refusal to embrace law enforcement. And I couple that with another form of law, which is the law of the judicial system. His refusal to denounce his desire to add three more justices and stack the Supreme Court if he's elected. I think those two things were so telling of what his plan is. And, you know, he just kept saying, I'm going to bring these guys together. I'm going to bring these guys together and we're going to put We're going to sit down and work this out. Joe Biden's been in government for 47 years. He's never worked anything out. You know, right. uh, when it comes to, you know, the uh, is Trump a racist? And, and he said Biden's the guy that passed the law that that basically criticized African-American men as being the number one problem. Biden, I really think when it came to law and order, he just tanked. And, and Trump was, I thought, very good at saying, if you affirm this, you're going to lose your base because most of the people that are supporting you are radical left wingers. I think if Wallace hadn't bailed him out and it had been a truly, you know, nonpartisan debate, I really think Trump could have, I guess, caused Biden to look even worse on his his failure of, of law and order and Supreme Court justice. What do you think about Biden? You know, when you, you mentioned uh, his his flop, my mind went back to his statements on defunding the police, that he would not be totally against defunding the police. That was a, a big statement there. Um, also, when Trump asked him, name, name us one police union or police group that supports you, there was a, a long silence and uh, Trump said, hey, we have plenty of time for you to think of one. He couldn't. And that was big. That was a big flop by Biden there. Yeah. And, a, and, a, and, a, and a really a, a big blow from Trump to, to point that out. He should have at least said, you know, the city council of some lower Arkansas town. It should have had some name of some small liberal, you know, police department that even if it was some obscure town, you know, on the upper peninsula of Michigan or something, he should have had some something ready. He had absolutely nothing. Law and order and the Supreme Court question, I thought, were Biden's biggest failures. You know, I was thinking also. You know, Trump kept saying, if you if you affirm this, you're going to lose your supporters. I really thought, as far as Trump goes, he could have affirmed more of his, you know, really disregard for climate change and not affected any of his supporters. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, they were trying to pin him down. Do you believe climate change is real? Do you believe this? And Trump was, you know, we want clean air. We want nice forests. You know, I... I, I really think Biden was was firm there. He said there'll be a there'll never be another coal fired plant if I'm president. I mean, Biden would take us down the Bernie Sanders, Alexander Ocasio or whatever Cortez. He would take us down the AOC Bernie Sanders climate change Green New Deal. He even used the word Green New Deal. I think Trump could have pitted himself further at odds with Biden on that and not hurt himself at all and probably rallied his base a little better. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I agree. And and let me just say that it's very important that we understand that we don't vote for presidents on how they perform during debates. We vote for the president based upon principles. And, And regardless of how bad that I feel like Trump did, 
and how he just really bullied his way through the through the debate. Nevertheless, it goes back to principle, and the principles of what Trump stands for is American principles, and um, also biblical principles. Speaking of life, and uh, speaking of family and law and order, and so again, regardless of how you know disappointed I was in Trump, it does not change my support for him as being the next president. And uh, I want to read to you something as we get ready to close, uh, something by uh, a pastor friend of ours, a mutual pastor friend, George Mays, that he uh, posted earlier today. He said, I'm glad my children are going through a homeschooling program that would teach them how to debate properly. The manner in which President Trump and former Vice President Biden and moderator Chris Chris Wallace conducted themselves was improper, to say the least. Unfortunately, this is what public discourse has become. All you have to do is to descend to the comments section of many social media posts to witness the disrespect and the general chaos in how we express disagreements. He goes on to say, our elected officials are simply a product of our morally decaying society. You may be disappointed with your options for president, but these are the types of candidates we ought to fully expect. They are not the candidates that we want, but they're definitely the candidates we deserve. And I thought that was spot on. And that's the way I feel. You know, after the debate, I was like, wow, you know, here we we go again with uh, these are the best two options we have. But again, it goes back to principles. And obviously, we have to go with speaking for you and I with Trump. Right. Yeah, we've we've actually done podcasts where we talked about, you know, this is not we're not voting for personalities. We're voting for platforms. We're voting for policies. And if you look at Trump's platform and you look at his policies, man, they're as good as anything we've had out of any conservative president in the past. And I would venture to say better from a conservative perspective. But if you look at Biden's policies and you look at at what he does, I mean, uh, and where he wants to take us, he's going to take us right back down the Barack Obama playbook. Mm -hmm. And America's going to be the bad guy. We're going to be, you know, bad and need all this this social fixing. And uh, even even Mr. Wallace, as the uh, moderator last night, recognized Trump's free market economy plan. You want to open the economy up. You want to let people do everything. And he contrasted that with, you know, Biden's desire to have a more politically involved or governmentally involved uh, society, which is socialism. That's what they're talking about. And so I admire George Mays's, you know, uh, observation there. I think he's spot on. And when I finished the debates last night, I made a comment on social media and it, it said, the real loser in this debate is the people that watched it because we're never going to get this time back. And and that's honestly the way I felt, Wade. I felt like, man, I could, there's a hundred things. I could have reloaded a couple boxes of ammo in the amount of time I sat and listened to this, you know, (laughs) I could have, 
I could have cleaned two or three rifles, you know, top to bottom. Instead, I'm sitting in here watching these two guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement with, with George in that this is what we deserve. You know, Trump wasn't the guy I voted for in the primaries in 2016. I'm, I'm sure he probably wasn't the guy you voted for in no. 2016. But part of being in a, in, in a society where you have people, you know, it's, it's the majority that wins these elections, and you've got to go with the best option that the rest of the country has helped pick. That's when I have to fall back and go, look, I'm not voting for a Sunday school teacher here. I'm voting for somebody that's going to have the most, I'm going to have the most policies in common with. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, what this ought to do as a Christian watching the debacle debate last night is really emphasize the importance of praying for revival, praying for a great awakening. That is our only hope. It is not the next president. That is not our hope. It is not a platform that we're hoping that will get us out of our nation's sin. Our hope is only in Christ and Him, you know, reviving us once again. We certainly need Him and we certainly need to pray. I want to thank everyone for listening to us on this special edition of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. We hope you will join us again very soon. God bless you. God bless.